0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2.
1: If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adele Oladipo and the great Gareth a. Davis. And today we're going to be reflecting on a busy weekend of fighting here in the UK. Savannah Marshall edging out Franchon Cruz du Zern in Manchester. Meanwhile, Natasha Jonas picked up another world title as well, defeating Candy Wyatt. We'll also talk about a massive KO win for Dalton Smith, who floored Sam Maxwell in the seventh round of their fight. What next for him after he now moved to 15-0? We are going to hear from Liam Smith, who's adamant He will get his rematch with Chris Eubank Jr. as Smith was meant to be headlining Saturday's card. He told us he isn't paying attention to speculation surrounding Eubank's potential fight with Conor Ben. There's more heavyweight chat. Yes, there's more. We are going to hear from Tyson Fury's promoter, Frank Warren, who revealed to TalkSport that his man is lining up a game changer of a fight. Is that likely to be former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou? Plus, we're going to talk about the shock news that Jamel Charlo is stepping up two weight classes on the great Canelo Alvarez. The super fight was made last week following Canelo's switch to PBC. Lots to try and get through in the next hour. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2. So Manchester I need
2: This is what we expected. French on Cruz deserved. She's rough, she's tough, she's rugged, and she's already
3: trying to turn it into a dogfight. I don't think this is how Savannah wants to fight him. But if we get a ding dong, that's great as far as I'm concerned. I tell you what, this is
4: not the sweet chance. It's not AJ Liebling's stuff. This is a brawl. Marshall's
2: found a rhythm. She's getting through. The- who's deserved is pushing forward this all comes
4: down to a psychological battle now this is not about technique or finesse it's about who wants it the most that they're coming towards the final bell now and that surely was a final round for savannah marshall and the new
3: The Gareth a. Davis, sir. How are you? Very good, thank you. A very busy weekend. Lots to talk about, and I, you look a tad skinnier to me in the face. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm losing a bit of weight, Gareth. I've, I've set myself a little challenge. I mean, you've done your challenges in the past, and I was like, you know what? Let me do an eight-week fight camp to see if I can get down to light heavyweight. So yeah, we, we've cut out a few of the, a few of the jollof rice, the chips, and every other treat that I love.
3: Well, the funny thing is, we're, I'm 175, so we can...
1: Is that the fight at the end of the challenge?
3: <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. You're a bit too young for me and a bit too strong. But um, uh, you know me, I've only got the one head kick and I've got to call a taxi. <laughs> it's so, the dangerous but, head kick. But that's the only party trick, and then I'm in the taxi. But um, no, congratulations to you on it. and we, I look forward to uh, seeing you. F- I can already see it in your face, remarkably.
1: That's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy yeah. how much weight just drops off when you're a bit strict yeah. with the diet. Yeah. But yeah, we started on the 3rd of July. So eight weeks from then, hopefully, we hit the scales at 175 pounds. And um, I was going to say it should be fun, but it won't be fun getting down to that weight. I've not been that weight, Gareth, since I was 20. I'll
3: I'm be good twi- for you. Be yeah. very, very good for you. It was good.
1: Um, you were in Manchester on, on the weekend. I'm so happy that Sky kept this card together. Obviously, it was supposed to be headlined by Liam Smith, Chris Eubate Jr. It wasn't. It was Savannah Marshall versus Franchon. Cruz Zern, Savannah Marshall, now undisputed champ, at 168. Um, what do you make of Savannah's performance?
3: Well, we all thought that she would stand off and and box um, the HH Diva, uh, French on Cruz Duzerne, but she probably did the right thing by taking her on toe-to-toe because, you know, she's a, she's a kind of bustling tank of a fighter, Cruz Zern with that big overhand cannon. Um, and that pushed-out jab from the crouch position. And she doesn't really do a lot more than that, but she bustles into you. She's got loads of energy. We were really surprised, first of all, by the way Savannah fought her, crouched down and stayed with her. It won her the fight in the end because she was fitter. I thought the HHD was more fatigued. Um, I thought Savannah ran away with it in the last two or three rounds. Um, It was like two... Old Victorian women fighting in a fairground uh, uh, in in parts. Mm. Um, it wasn't a beautiful spectacle, but they gave their all. Um, it was amazing to witness witness um, Frenchon sing the American anthem before the fight as well. Unbelievable, unbelievable, and unbelievable. she threatened it all week. Yeah, um, her her song "Secret Place" got to number nineteen in the charts as well. Mm. Wonderful woman. Um, got to meet her husband properly for the first time. Obviously, he's a boxer as well. They're a great group of people. Um, it was a great celebration of women's boxing on yeah. this Saturday night. Um, but, you know, Sav did what she had to do. She becomes an undisputed champion like Chantel Cameron, um, But another British fighter. And let's see what happens from here.
1: Yeah, let's see. I mean, I think the biggest story on the weekend, and no disrespect to the main event, was that Clarissa was yeah. ringside and she was goading Savannah. Savannah was happy to kind of take those those shots. And it looks like that will be the fight because well, you look at what's around. And I mean, Clarissa really knows that Savannah's the money fight. And to think Savannah knows that as well, I guess it depends on where this fight happens. I think the fight's going to happen in the UK again, because I think that's the biggest draw for it both. But what did you make of Clarissa being ringside?
3: Yeah, I mean, she was... Yeah, we couldn't miss her. She was bellowing. John <laughs> Rawling was deaf by the end of the night, uh, in his right ear anyway, our, our commentator, great old John Rawling. And um, I'm, I managed to kind of chase her around at one point where she was running up to the corner to give Franchon some advice, or Franchon's corner some advice, around about the sixth round where the fight was just slipping away from her. Um, yeah, Clarissa was punking Savannah at the press conference, um, doing all the right things, uh, she sat with us on commentary afterwards um, and I put a bit of pressure on her because she said, I need an apology to fight in the UK. Well, get your, well Savannah only needs to apologise to get the fight in the UK. Well, that's fine by Savannah, I'm sure. Mm. Um, if it does happen in the States, great. But I have a feeling at the moment that the big fights are Ireland and the UK for women, not in America. Yeah. I know we, had, yeah. we were there, of course, both of us uh, 15, 16 months ago when when um, Amanda Serrano and, and Katie Taylor fought in New York. But I think that was a one-off. I think mm. there aren't massive fights in America. There's great investment at the moment, as you know, by Dazone and Eddie Hearn and Ben Chalon, Boxer and Sky. They're yep. doing a fantastic job of that. Um, Caroline Dubois and Lauren Price are coming through. I think they're two of the greatest prospects in women's boxing. I think mm. Clarissa is the number one in the sport. I don't think there's much doubt about no, that. No, Agreed. Um there's a marginal advantage for Savannah with them fighting at 12 stone, um, uh, you know, at super middleweight, um, just seven pounds lighter than you'll be in about eight weeks' time. And <laughs> it remarkably, it's, um, crazy. it's crazy. Um, yeah. But um, look, look, I think Clarissa's there for a reason. Um, they've signed her. She's got this ongoing deal with Boxer, and I think it's great she was there. She makes a lot of noise. She knows how to play the game. Everywhere I am, she turns up at the moment. She was there at Lopez Taylor, Tio Lopez and Josh Taylor. She's going to be there at um, Errol Spence and and, and Terence Crawford. She's she's at all the big fights. She knows exactly what she's
1: doing. Yeah, she knows exactly what she's doing. And I think a lot of fighters, not just females, should follow her path uh, whether you like her or hate her, you, you're going to tune in now because she makes yeah. sure that she's known. And as you say, she makes sure that she's seen at these events as well. Uh, Tasha Jonas has been linked to Clarissa for a couple of years. I don't want to see that fight, if I'm honest with you. I think Clarissa's far too big for Tasha. But well done to her. 39, still winning belts, um, dropped down a weight class where I think she's a bit more comfortable, maybe even a bit lower than that, to be honest with you. Um, but she wins about 147 pounds. She's trying to get in that mix of... Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill, Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor. Can she get in that? All those fighters I just mentioned are on the other side of the street, if you like, on the zone. She's the sort of the lone ranger, if you like, over there on, on Boxer. Do, do you think she can get in that mix, or, or is broadcasters and promoters going to block this?
3: Well, specifically, I have to be honest, I don't know Tasha's exact deal with her and Joe Gallagher, her trainer. I spoke to Joe yesterday, by the way, mm. because when I had Clarissa on the microphone on Saturday night, she said she'd even fight Tasha at one four seven. Never wow. mind one five four. So um, and Joe Joe latched onto that and said with fighter at one four seven. I think if they could squeeze her down to one four seven, it's a worthy fight, mm. um, with no you know dehydration or rehydration clauses. Rather, um, Carissa will fight anyone. She said she can still make one four seven. I agree with you. I think she's too young, too much tensile strength right now for Tasha. I think we're starting to. Even, taking nothing away from Jonas, who who I absolutely adore, I've got to say. Yeah. I, there's something about her. And we were in the Crown Plaza having a drink with the whole team afterwards and spoke to Tasha. She was there with her whole team. And she was – she's just so modest. She's so extraordinary. Mm. I mean, that whole family, with her sister Nikita that played football for England, her brother um, has played – is in Liverpool or Everton under-20s or something mm. – um, or cousin. They've, they've got extraordinarily talented family. Um, and I think Tasha probably, even though she was the Boxing Border Control Boxer of the year last year, doesn't get enough credit for what she's achieved yeah. at 39. Um, a and mother. I think she's, she's iconic. She's yeah. so iconic. And uh, no, I don't really want to see her fight Clarissa. The only reason I would is if it's a big money fight for her. Mm. I think the Katie Taylor fight's out there for her later in the year. But I remember, Clarissa's going off to the Professional Fighters League to try and become an MMA world champion next year as well. So yeah. um, she's written off 2024 to do that. So they need to get the fights in soon. But I think it will be Savannah and Claressa next. And I think Tasha Jonas will probably be fighting the likes of Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor, uh, and in that mix you're on about. I'd, I think that she'd be allowed to cross. I don't think she's got a massive tie-up deal with Sky, yeah. but I may be wrong. Though. I'd have to investigate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Terry Harper's another a name that she could mix it up with as well. They and Terry Harper, of course. Yeah, yeah a few years back, and it was a draw. Um, you know, I I didn't obviously I was at uh, Sheffield, so I was covering the Dalton Smith card. But I saw highlights of Ben Whitaker showboating, and all I could think about was Gareth. I saw I saw him showboat. i was thinking, Gareth, either really happy right now or getting really
3: peeved off. Which were you? Well, after three rounds, I was happy because he couldn't showboat anymore. Because yeah. um, Vladimir Belushky, um tough Slovakian that he is, pushed Ben um, and made him... Look, what I like about Ben, that right hand is always up anyway. Always, always when he's up, yeah. Um, he's very fast, he's very long, he's very tall. There were question marks a little bit about his power on Saturday night, um, which people will ask. Will he have the power to withstand the Anthony Yards, the Joshua Boatzies, the Callum Smiths of this world? Um, is is he stronger? Artur the 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 uh, the, the Dmitry Bivol, who are very powerful guys. Ben is a very young fighter. Mm. Yes, he's showboated. Yes, he's getting as many haters as he is lovers towards his career. But if he goes on and he carries on winning and he he's spectacular, he'll win them all over. Um, mm. But I think he got a. It was really good matchmaking in lots of ways because in only his fourth fight he got pushed to the limit. I think Belushki could have gone for the final minute to be fair to him. Yeah, but yeah. It, no one will remember that ten fights down the line that it was TKO eighth round. Mm. Um, but it was a good test for him. There's still a lot of showboating, but you ain't going to stop him. He's no, no, no. He, I love
1: it. I love yeah. it. I'm not. I'm you not, love I, it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm not 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 too. Um, uh, <laughs> I get it. It can, it can be over the top. But again, you're going to tune in regardless now. And I think he's already got the public's attention. And I think that was the aim and he's got it. And let's see what happens with him. As you say, very young in the division. Um, so we'll kind of, I'd like to see where he is in 14 months when the yeah. when they obviously the curve starts to get a little steeper. Or the hill, sorry, gets a little steeper. Um, I was in Sheffield. Dalton Smith headlined that one against Sam Maxwell. Unification fight, Commonwealth from British title. Dalton Smith getting a TKO in the seventh. Brutal brutal knockdown and when you're ringside and you see someone knocked down like that you worry a little bit and then you see him get up and you kind of think thank god because we know how dangerous this sport is um i I do wonder where dalton smith goes from here obviously now british commonwealth he he won the english title as well so he's doing it the traditional route two really bad cuts though already really bad one on his left and one on his right and I, i remember interviewing him a couple of days before the fight and i could almost see the the, the swelling and the bruising from the previous cut. So I do wonder, you're going to have to go and see a very good plastic surgeon where it almost could be a Ricky Hatton story all over where it's just it's just going to happen. You know, the cuts are going to open up regardless of who he fights.
3: Well, scar tissue is a, is a big issue uh, for a, lo- a lot of fighters when they're susceptible. The great Henry Cooper. so Henry Cooper oh, yes. was one of those. He, you know, he's literally, his face was like papier-mâché at times, you know. Mm. Um I don't think anyone does papier mâché at school anymore. I don't think they.
1: Yeah, I don't think the the kids know.
3: Yeah, we used to do layers and layers and layers of of newspaper to make a a figurehead or whatever. But but no, some skin is papier mâché. Ricky Hatton had very very susceptible skin to Mm. cuts. It 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 can be. It doesn't matter what hue your skin is, but but very pale people with angular faces do cut very easily. It seems. Um, Yes, it is an issue. but you know what? A, but, but even more of an issue than that, a good issue is once those he knew that those eyes were cut. He went to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a vicious, tenacious fighter. I think he's one of our. I had to pick my fighter of the week for William Hill, by the way, and um, I, I, I came very close. I do a fighter of the week now, and it was going to be Dalton because he recognised the the time to go into action. Mm. Um, and I just think he's a very skilled, very dangerous fighter at 10 stone. Um, and, yeah, of course, he's not ready for for, for world title stuff yet. He's no, not no, even no, course, in the yeah. top 15. And no. you look at that division, Regis Progre, um, Tiofimo Lopez, Sandor Martin, Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, Jose Zapeda, Ryan Garcia, you know, Hara Davis. That kind of fight might be good for him coming up soon. You know, a couple of fights, an O'Hara Davis fight.
1: Maybe, maybe, um, yeah.
3: But obviously O'Hara's number one with the um, WBA, which yeah. will be challenging, I think it's either...
1: Rolly um, Romero.
3: Rolly Romero at the moment, who yeah. should be fighting on Puerto Pueyo, frankly, but mm. there should be a rematch, shouldn't there? But should um, that'll that happen. Um, I, I just think he's impressive in everything he does, and having spoken to him a couple of weeks ago, I just liked his sojourn through America as well, and the fact that... He's learning and he's doing his postgraduate, if you like, Mm. um, and and, and studying hard. He's a great young man. He's grown up in front of our eyes the last two or three years. Um, You know, I mean, you must have been impressed by him. You probably spoke to him afterwards as well, yeah?
1: I did. I'm very impressed. Um, I I understand the pressure of now being the headline act in a boxing town in Sheffield. I mean, you know exactly the fighters that have come out of Sheffield. And he's now the guy that's been passed the baton, if you like, by Kell Brook. It's almost like, okay, go on, uh, fill out the stadiums, fill out the arenas. Let's see what you can do. He's headlined twice now. And, you know, there was about three, three and a half thousand in there. And I I can almost see that starting to swell as the competition gets fiercer and the opponents get better. So I'm very impressed with him. Um, There was a young kid on there that I'm sure all the boxing people listening to this podcast will know. Pat McCormack, who I'm telling you now is incredibly special. Incredibly and he's gonna do damage at 147 pounds as well. So it almost it was also it's almost like a next gen 2.0 card where you're seeing the guys that Matram and DeZone hope will sort of be challenging for titles in the next 12 to 18 months. And I think Dalton Smith and Pat McCormack almost um I think they they fit that bill. All right. Sorry, you're listening to Viney Extra on Talksport 2. Still to come. We are gonna discuss the big news out of America, Jamel Charlo stepping up two weight classes to fight Canelo Alvarez. We'll also have the latest from the ongoing soap opera, and it really is a soap opera now, isn't it? The heavyweight division. But up next, we're going to hear from Liam Smith. Is his rematch with Chris Huberton Jr. happening or not? Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. myself, Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. You probably heard me say at the top that the but the fight card on Saturday, headlined by Savannah Marshall versus Franchon Cruz's earned, should have been a big blockbuster pay per view event, headlined by Liam Smith versus Chris Eubank Jr. We have no idea what's going on with that fight. We found out a bit more information, though, on Saturday because Liam Smith spoke with Gareth a. Davis and he was very relaxed about the Eubank rematch. Let's listen in. I can
2: only control my own destiny, and, you know. I was getting ready for the fight with Chris, I got injured. I'm over my injury, now I'm back in the gym and I'm going to look look for the fight in September. If Chris signs, then Chris signs. If not, then we'll see. Where are you going to go if not? Volovkin. Um, look, I'm going to get rid of Chris regardless and then I'm in a very good position again. There's numerous fights out there for me, but I'm tied into the Chris rematch, so, like I said, I need to get rid of Chris and then I'm in a good position again.
3: Where are you in terms of... Tell us about the injury and how difficult it was. Uh, it was just that... Um, it was like my back, so my hips, but, you know, I
2: had MRI scans and I had discs that was compressing on nerves, which sure was a lot of pain. It was Sunday
3: weight. League football that was doing it. I
2: might have been the cause of it, but, you know, a lot, a lot of football, away and say, but it was bad at the time. I'm over it now and I'm back in the gym. And like I said, September we, 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 we get back in this ring.
3: Tell me if you don't get Eubank Jr. And a lot of people think you'll bust him again. I was wrong the first time. got to hold my hands I've always been wrong yeah. about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, who would you like? Because you, your, your name now deserves big fights. Look, anybody, you know, you've got
2: Brooke, you've got Conor Ben. you've got the four world titles, maybe, might, might become vacant now. Charlos fighting Canelo. That's super well to wait that I still make that. I'm in a very good position, but first and foremost, I'm tied into the K-3 match. If he chooses to go elsewhere, then the Welshman will instead. If he chooses to fight me, I'll wipe the floor with him again, and we're the
1: after that. Uh, Liam Smith, there. Um, he's relaxed. I, 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 I don't know what's going on. There almost seems to be behind the scenes, Gareth, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here or not. A tug of war going on between the zone trying to get Eubank for Conor Ben and Ben Shalom and boxer trying to get. Uh, Eubank for Liam Smith. And I said this the other day, Eubank's coming off a, what was it? A third round knockout defeat. Got absolutely plastered. Fourth round knockout. And he's going to come back to a fight that pays him seven figures regardless of which way he goes. That's incredible.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And the bigger money fight is, and the bigger profile fight, and the the, the easier fight you'd have to say for him is the Conor Ben fight. Mm. Um, So, you know, while he plays poker in Las Vegas at the moment, and, and his dad puts out signs that he wants him to come back into the fold. Yeah. In very emotional, emotive terms. <clears throat> he's sitting there knowing he's on a win-win. Win-win. Um, That's quite yeah. a good, and
1: it's quite a good way to think about when you plays poker. He's yeah. regardless of his hands, he's, he's, whatever he's got in his hand, he's
3: won. He's won. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think um, the Liam Smith fight is a much tougher fight. Fighting Beefy. Beefy, as you say, as we heard there, he's he's very relaxed about it. I couldn't be as relaxed about it, knowing Mm. that you're being played off. Um, He knows that that Eubank Jr., if Conor Ben gets off, um, which I know we're going to talk about um, in... in, No, we're going to talk about it now, aren't we? Um, There's been a lot more evidence now put forward um, without it having gone to tribunal yet that Conor Ben may well get off based on the metabolites coming from eggs rather than uh, a substance, a pill yeah. substance, clomiphene. Mm-hmm. They put a very strong case forward. Um, the PR guru, Rene Carriol and the doctor, uh, the investigative doctor that went into the case, yeah. uh, were on White and Jordan earlier this week. And, you know, they they have found uh, a groove, if you like, that they can put forward. And I think they can say to... Uh, UCAD and, and and the Sporting Resolutions panel that will hear the both sides of the, the, the you know the defence uh, of Connor Ben's situation, a new team, that they'll say, prove that we're wrong. And they may well get away, or not get away, but get off with this. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think they'll be able to prove that they are wrong. Yeah, I don't think they'll want to. And that's yeah.
3: fair enough. Yeah. So the metabolites do come from eggs and that's fair enough. Yeah. That, that that's that's not an issue for me as far as i'm concerned my issue the whole time has been have a hearing and if he does um get exonerated uh and a res- retrospective ban because of his nutritional team not being careful enough by what they do in his six months or he'll be back and and eddie hearn um has been patently clear that they would like the fight in the uk in september connor ben's in camp already um chris eubank jr will want that fight and for me um i think it'll happen in september if he gets if he gets off
1: yeah no no agreed and um and i i believe and while we we're filming this what july 5th i believe he will get off i believe um you know listening to the doctor and i listened to that piece when he went on to white and jordan they seem to have found some i called it a loophole uh, you called it a groove and i can understand sort of the both terms being used, but whatever they have found, I think Conor Ben will get a, a, a retrospective ban six months and he will be able to fight Christian Ben Jr. in September. And as you said as well, I think Chris will look at this as the easier fight and think, of course. And and probably the check will be a bit bigger as well.
3: Much bigger. Yeah, yeah. Much bigger. Because and it's a much bigger fight than it was last October because of the shenanigans that have gone on. Listen, you and I have never said, I've never heard you say that Conor Ben is a drugs cheat. Mm. All we've ever said for the last eight months is that there was clomiphene found in his system, and it needs a hearing, and it needs to be proved. You know, yeah. I, I think his mental state. That Rene Cariol, it's very interesting. This, I mean, Renee is an incredible speaker who talks about diversity. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm signed up to his newsletter. Renee Cariol MB has been around a long time. Um, he, he helped out Ricky Hatton at the end of his career. He helped out David Hay at one point. He's a formidable man, um, and yet it's a strong PR campaign. And he's right that Conor Ben made a lot of PR mistakes in the last eight months. Um, you know, I, I feel like that personally. That I've never said a bad word about Conor Ben, other than have your hearing. Um, and, and I think you've been the same. We've been forthright about it. There was a bigger issue than just one boxer but the case needed proving i don't know why they didn't go for this several months ago yeah if he comes back and the case is heard and he's and he's exonerated we're all good good to go and, and the, the reputation of boxing stays intact and the reputation of the testing system stays intact i think it's a very tough fight for both men right now as well chris mm-hmm. eubank jr has had a, a big fall after that loss to liam smith um And Conor ben has got a lot to prove coming back. And I think he'll be very emotional when he comes back. Yeah. Um, And I think we'll we'll all be there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What will be interesting, and this is, let's just sort of hypothetically say it's going to be Chris Eubank versus Conor Ben. But all that talk of getting down to 157, the rehydration cap, that's all done. These guys will have a middleweight fight. Yeah. And there'll be no rehydration cap. Obviously, Chris is not going to sign up for that. So it'll be interesting to see how Conor Ben gets on with a fully fledged middleweight. Conor Ben's a welterweight,
3: yeah, and um, a, not a big one. Not, not a
1: big one either. No. You're right, not a big one. He's no. not one of the big boys, you know. So um, it will be interesting to see. But as you say, it's going to be um, big money fight. And if it does happen in the UK, it'd be interesting to see whether or not they think it can do a stadium, or they go to the O2 Arena. Uh, very quickly back on Liam Smith. If if it isn't you bank for Liam Smith, and I I agree with you. I don't think it will be. Then who for Liam Smith? I mean, is it going to be Golovkin? I mean, like. Who does he fight? Because Golovkin looks like he's, Golovkin looks like he's, you know, decided to hang their gloves up with him, honest view, He's given away two of his belts. We don't hear anything from GGG anymore. So I think that's that. Who else is out there? Alam Canali? Like, what What are the fights?
3: Well, obviously, Jamel Charlo's going um, up two weight divisions to fight Saul Canelo Alvarez. Mm. Uh, I know we're going to come to that as well. Um, but, you know, there's maybe, there's... maybe
1: his twin brother,
3: Jamal? Uh, Jamal Charlo, he could fight. Um, yeah, there's, there's. Are we, are we saying that he's staying at middleweight now? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, look, Erislandi Lara's out there. Um, Beck, Alim Kanuli's there. Mm. Um, these, these are great fights. These
1: are great fights, but they're not big fights.
3: No, they're not. They're, they're not, not big fights. Um, they're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, ben Shalom couldn't chuck any of these up on pay per view for me. And no, no but paying. if
3: they could get if they could get Golovkin over here, that would be amazing. One. He that's has mentioned Golovkin has passed Liam Smith's lips. There's, that's question, that's definitely uh, the case. Um, uh, Felix Cash is out there, but he's the other side of the uh, uh, of the equation. I, I, believe, I don't I see they the announcing notes. a
1: Felix Cash. Yeah, I think they're announcing a Felix Cash fight soon. Actually. Um, A big one as well. So it's not going to be Liam Smith. So, yeah, I mean, I know Liam Smith was very confident and very calm in that interview that you did with him. But, I mean, he must know something that we don't. Because, again, for me, all signs point to Conor Ben versus Chris Ubert Jr. And for Liam Smith coming off the biggest win of his career, it's almost like he's stuttered a little bit. And I feel like you should have moved on and kicked on. But, I don't know, We'll, we'll wait and see how that one plays out. Hopefully, a big fight announcement for Liam Smith in the summer.
3: It's not obvious at the moment. That's all I'd say. Not, is but, it? You know, they've got the money. They've got the drawing power. Um, Gennady Golovkin would be a great that's the one. here in the UK. He really would. Do it up in Liverpool. Um, and there's a world title at Manchester. stake as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the one they should do. All right. Uh, you are listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. We are going to talk more about that decision um, from uh, Jamal Charlo to fight Canelo very shortly. But up next, uh, more words, but still no action from the heavyweight division. We are going to hear from Frank Warren, who has promised a game-changing fight next for Tyson Fury. What does that mean? Game-changing fight. Who will it be? We'll discuss.
0: Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: The WBC need to get all the Tyson Fury and say to him, Oi! This ain't on. Oh, this ain't a boxer that you're fighting here, mate. I, we're not, we're not going to begrudge you making a lot of cash. That's sweet. Go and make a lot of cash. Give us a belt back. We're going to make. We're going to move this division on. These
2: fights, you know, they need to be made for the for the sake for the sake of our sport. You know what I mean? It's hurting our sport that mm. these fights aren't going to happen. I remember back in the day, you know, you won your title, you got a certain amount of dates to defend it. Otherwise, you got stripped. You know what I mean? And now it's like, you know. When was the last time we saw AJ and, and, and Tyson in the ring? It, was, it must be around about Christmas, wasn't
1: it? Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. And myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. We've spoken about this, this crazy top-tier heavyweight division to death. Uh, but we have more information for you people. New information. Uh, here we go again. Um, look, still no news, though, on any fights, though. However, Frank Warren did pop into TalkSport and said Tyson Fury will be fighting soon and says the opponent will be a game-changer. We want to make fights happen for our guys, and Tyson's been training
4: constantly for a fight. So this will all settle down because, as I say, there'll be a bit of a game-changer in a couple of weeks' time. It'll be a massive game-changer, and it's going to be interesting to see the fallout from it. Is Martin Bacoli and Francis Ngona game-changers? you so find out. Mate. You've got to rule them out then, haven't you? Are
1: they game changers? You, you'll find out in a couple they of weeks. They bloody will not and you know You'll find out, You'll find out in a couple Anything of
4: weeks. Anything about Daniel Dubois let me put this Kevin Lurino I'll, ga- I'll guarantee you, you'll say to me in a couple of weeks,
1: that's a game changer. You know, as he said that, um, Gareth, I was trying to rack my brains. Okay, what's a game changer opponent? Like, who, who's out there? And it clearly isn't any boxer because there's no fight he can mention at the moment that sort of will be listed or Titled as a game changer, the only fight really is the former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. That's it. That's the rumor. Um, I think Eddie Hearn spoke about it um, at length uh, the other night and said he's heard it is Francis Ngarnu. Can you confirm anything, Gareth? Is it Ngannou?
3: No, I can't confirm anything. As you say, game changer could only be Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua, and it's not going to be those two in boxing. And outside that. the only game-changer really is going to be Francis Ngarnu. I do believe it will be Francis Ngannou. Um, You know, Eddie Hearn put stuff out, as you say. Um, he didn't want to hold back. It's, he, he wanted to be the guy to make the announcement. Yes, yeah, cheeky. Um, I mean, I did mention it on the show last week. I do think it will be Ngarnu. I don't know. No, they're very, very tight-lipped about this. Um, but what they're doing is they're taking Furies people, the, the, the Warrens, Queensbury, top rank they're taking the narrative away from the Saudis right now and they're saying that we're going to do it our way. There'll be lots of groans if it is announced as in Ghana, but everyone will watch it. Um, and it's not it's not what everyone wants. But then they'll say, right, we push USIC to 2024. It's not going to happen this year. Um, and that's the way they'll go. And I don't blame them either. I do. Saying, I is- no, no, Sorry. I don't blame them. What well, I don't blame them for not running to the narrative of the Saudis. Agreed. Agreed on that, yeah. Why should they? They've only ever hosted two events. They're now promoters, not people hosting events. If they are promoters, obviously, Usyk's got to deal with them. Has Wilder really signed with them? Are we going to end up seeing Usyk and Wilder at the end of the year? Or is it Mm -hmm. going to be Joshua and Wilder? Will Anthony Joshua actually fight this summer himself? All these are still to be answered. Joshua's fighting on August the twelfth. What's that? Six weeks away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's not very long. I know he's in camp. Is it going to be Dillian White? I'm not so sure. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, what we'll do you see, think? I, I, first, I, I do think AJ is 100 percent fighting August 12th, and I do think it's going to be Dillian White. And I'll be shocked if that isn't announced in the next couple of days. Um, I, I've already noticed that the Zern have started pushing AJ promo videos. That's come yeah. from nowhere. AJ's released a video on his own YouTube channel. He's not done that for eight months. He did that yesterday. So it's almost like, okay, something's going on behind the scenes now. When We've started to push. So I I, I do think AJ's fight will be announced. And it's going to be short, but um, it does look like both of them are in camp anyway. Dylan White's posting videos. AJ's posting videos. So um, I do think we're going to get that fight announced. Um, Back to what you said about Tyson Fury not dancing to the tune of the Saudis. I agree. And I actually like it. Um, I'm not going to be dictated by them. And I think, I think it's a good thing that the heavyweight champion of the world is stepping up and, and doing that. Um, as for him fighting Ngannou, um I'll watch it. I don't know if it's game-changing, but I'll watch it. I think it'll be carnage. It'll be fun. I think um, I'm happy for Ngannou that he'll get his paycheck. There was a lot of people saying after he left the UFC, like, well, you messed up now. You're not going to get any money. Well, he's going to get money. He'll get a lot more money than he got in the UFC. I just, from a boxing standpoint, think it's not great that the WBC heavyweight champion has been allowed to kind of bypass a mandatory by the WBC and have a fight, an exhibition fight when there's a queue, a queue of heavyweights that will take that fight. I think the narrative is that no one will fight him. (laughs) Go and ask Frank Sanchez, he'll fight Tyson Fury or Martin Bacoli. There are heavyweights out there, Hergovich, that will fight him. So um, yeah, I'm not quite sure about, about Tyson Fury putting the division on hold, but Look, everyone wants to make their money, and he's going to make a, a truckload of money doing it.
3: I'm not sure Hergovic would fight him. I think Hergovic will end up fighting Usyk if Usyk mm. in Saudi at the end of the year. If if Usyk beats Daniel Dubois in August, it, it, look, it's it's a Game of Thrones right now. That's that's absolutely what it is. Mm. Um, they've been playing with each other for ages. The Saudis um, and the way they're working is just as Machiavellian as anyone else here you know um they're saying we can only do this time frame at this time of year over here of course the money's extraordinary so no one's going to say no to it um but i think like you say um there are other guys that would fight tyson fury right now but to, to pretend that this hasn't happened ad infinitum in boxing mm. would be to do a disservice to the wild west that it really is and, <laughs> and, and it's a sport but it's a business more than a sport and when there's a lot of money involved, it becomes more of a business. Yeah. And that's where we are right now. Of course, Tyson Fury is going to take a massive payday in the Middle East if that occurs and it does come together. Um, I, the biggest shock for me is that if Anthony Joshua, as Eddie Hearn mentioned, um, can earn around 60 million U.S. to fight in Saudi at the end of the year, he's taken a massive risk fighting Dillian White. because He can't go into that wilder fight if it's wilder have on the back of a loss or a knockout to, yeah. to White. I think or, he does beat Or even a White bad performance. Or a bad performance. Well, no, he can on a bad performance. I do think... I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to be cagey with each, with each other at the start. I think it's going to be a different fight to last time. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I see Joshua as favourite in this fight. I do see him as favourite.
1: Yeah, so do I. And I, I hope that it gets announced. You, you touched on... The fact that it could be Usyk Hergovic as opposed to um, Fury Usyk uh, at the end of the year. Let's hear again from Tyson Fury's promoter, Frank Warren, who had, as you just kind of alluded to there, some concerning words for the potential fight with Alexander Usyk at the end of the year.
4: I think there was goodwill on everybody's part at the time to get it done early in the year in Saudi. But unfortunately, they couldn't couldn't, uh, deliver the venue. And they said that they couldn't then came back and said they couldn't do it until... December this year. And now they're talking about, um, not being ready for that. Uh, their CEO or head of boxing, um, guy came out last week and said that they wouldn't be doing anything by the looks of it until the first quarter, which is next January. Um, so we can't sit around waiting for things to happen. We got to make things happen. And, uh, Tyson will be announcing something for him, I hope fairly soon. And we're very, very confident, um, well we are absolutely confident that's going to happen so um uh it's 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 a shame but we tried to make that fight once they couldn't deliver the dates earlier this year we tried to make the fights over here in the UK on a couple of occasions and I know Simon and I have had back and forth on that but as i said at the time they just they're all waiting for the big payday in Saudi Arabia. And I'll get that and I understand that, but don't keep saying that Tyson was ducking fights. He wasn't. He was willing to take the, you know, to take the less money to get the fights on in the UK.
1: Frank Warren pretty much alluding to what you've just been touching on there, Gareth, that it doesn't look like we are going to see Fury Usyk at the end of the year. We're not going to get the undisputed heavyweight title fight that we've been clamoring
3: for ever since Usyk uh, beat AJ in August. Yeah, I think with are pushing, they'll push it. They're, they'll... I think Fury will fight in early October. I don't need, know this in concrete, mm. but I think w- what what we'll see is him fighting in very early October. It'll be a stadium fight here. Mm. Um, people will go for that I was there moment. The MMA media will come as well and Conor McGregor will probably be there and the whole world and his dog there. There'll be loads of celebrities. Fury's Netflix series, uh, Home with the Fury, starts in, in August. I'm doing a... Uh, round table with him and Paris today at one point uh, to publicize that. So that'll all have been out. There's Fury appeals to a crossover audience now, doesn't he? And I think this will be one of those, the boxing purists will hate it, um, but this will be one of those crossover events. um, And I can't see it flopping. I can just see it being a big event in its own right, in its own niche. Um, But, you know, I think that'll push to October, and then I think they'll look at January, February again for um, the, the the undisputed title next year if it happens.
1: Isn't GANU the fact that he was UFC heavyweight champion? Obviously, look, he's got the belt. You're labeled you, you, you get a belt. Is he allowed to hold that belt?
3: As promo, no, I think they're going to call it an champion. exhibition bout. Oh, okay. I think they're going to call it an exhibition bout no knockdowns apparently. This is I don't know any of this. I'm going off what Eddie Hearn said last mm. weekend that he'd heard it's an exhibition bout with no knockdowns. Um oh that's, you know, that's
1: horrendous.
3: I know if it is. That's but horrendous. yeah but, but he's putting out his own narrative yeah, on this. Yeah. So um listen when those two get in the ring they're not going to body spar no bloody way. But,
1: you know? No, two uh, absolute giants, behemoths. They're going to need to make sure the ring's reinforced because you're talking two stone monsters there. And again, look, as, as much as from a boxing standpoint, I'm not overly happy with it. From an ngarnu standpoint of making some money, um, I'm more than happy for him. And I guess we get to see Tyson Fury have a fight. Um, and, and that's kind of what this is. It's an entertainment sport as well, Eddie. I need to keep reminding myself of that. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport. Two. Next up, we're going to talk about a mega fight being announced on social media um, a couple of days ago. Uh, no, no back and forths, no gimmies, just a fight poster. Canelo Alvarez undisputed at one six eight. We'll take on Jamel Charlo undisputed at one hundred and fifty four pounds. Love it.
2: If you are
3: what you say you are, yeah, yeah.
2: a superstar.
4: Then how?
3: Have-
2: microphone check to one 2 Wanna believe my own height but it's too untrue The world brought me to my knees What have you brung you? Did you improve on the design? Did you do something new? What you're naming on the guest list Who brung you? You
0: The more famous person you come through And the sexy lady next to you You come to, And then the hitman
1: Standing outside Welcome head. back to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2 The great Gareth A. Davis alongside myself Adi Oladipo Alright let's quickly talk about this Um, Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo I mean I was looking over there I was looking one way thinking it's going to be Jamal Charlo and they it turned out to be his twin brother Jamal Jamal clearly still going through things outside the ring hasn't fought for two years it'll be interesting to see what the WBC do with him uh, obviously he's the WBC middleweight champion Jamel, undisputed at 154 pounds who looked like he was going to fight Tim Zhu has stepped up undisputed versus undisputed uh no nonsense online no chitter-chatter just a fight poster and that's what fight fans care about we just want fights announced. We don't necessarily care about being dragged along the negotiation run. I love this fight. I do. I know some people have talked about the weight discrepancy. I've seen both men. And I'm telling you now, Canelo's a very, very small, 168 pounds. And Jamel's a very, very big, 154 pounds. There won't be that much difference on the night.
3: And Jamel is a better boxer all round than Jamal, I've got to say, as well. It's a better matchup than Jamal, Charlo. Mm. Jamel Charlo is the right opponent. <clears throat> I'm very excited to hear. Excuse me, I've got a dry throat today. Um, it's a fantastic matchup. I really like it. Yes, of course, we want to see him fight David Benavidez and a couple of others. This is Canelo, of course, but he's in the right stable now to have two or three fights. Mm. Um, you know, to. to, to I'm, I'm looking down the uh, super middleweight rankings. Of course, we want him to fight. Um, uh, David Benavides. That's the that's the main one uh, for me. But this will be a good fight. He's only got three fights and out. I think now Canelo. I can't see him going on uh, much further. But um, I'm really really excited to see this fight. It's a yeah. it's a veritable fight. Um, Charlo, of course, dominated at 154 pounds. Yeah. But I think he burns a lot of weight. He doesn't. He's two or three inches taller than Canelo, so he's got reach advantages. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this ain't the Canelo of three years ago, who was a wrecking ball. He slowed yes. his feet aren't as as agile as they were, and Charlo moves brilliantly. So I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think this is. Um, I think it's a really good matchup. And look, credit to PBC. I mean, this is their year. I mean, look, they had. Uh, Javante Davis yes. versus Ryan Garcia, Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford, and now they've done Canelo versus Jamel. I mean, all those fights would do over a million pay-per-view buys. And, you know, some people were screaming that pay-per-view is dead. It isn't. If you make the right fights, people will pay. People, we don't want to pay. No one wants to pay for boxing. right? You don't have to pay for any other top sports, but we understand the economics and we will pay. And I think um, PBC has shown that we can put on the big fights. And, you know, if I'm Eddie, if I'm anyone else, you need to fight back because right now this is PBC's
3: year. Absolutely. And you do have to credit them with that. That's exactly the right top line for PBC right now. They've always been accused of being very reluctant um, to cross the boundaries yeah. with the other promoters that we're going to stay in our lane and do it our way. Steven Espinoza and Showtime and Al Heyman and PBC, the, the mysterious Al Heyman, who we'd all love to interview, who's done a fantastic job for the sport, I agree with you. You have to call it their year. And if they manage to get Canelo and other over the line this well this year, as well as this fight, they've done brilliantly. If they manage to get um, Tank Davis and Shaka Stevenson on, and we're hearing that Devin Haney and Shaka Stevenson may fight at the mm-hmm. moment, obviously that's a top-ranked fight, but... It's a big year for the PBC. They they were they were the forgotten brothers in the in the big industry, yeah. and they've pulled it around. And you have to congratulate them for that.
1: Indeed. Um, one thing I want you to promise me that you can do, Gareth, before it's all said and done in your career, is a sit down interview with Al Heyman. It's the only person you've never spoken to yet.
3: I've tried five or six times. I've had a message back from him. He's great mates with uh, with my pal Richard Poxon, mm-hmm. uh, who works over here. He's a brilliant. Uh, matchmaker and promoter over here in the UK. But Al stays away. He's stays away. He's consistent. I'd love to interview Al Heyman. Absolutely love to interview him. And actually talk to him about the days when he was involved in music as much as his days involved in boxing. One of the legends of the the music industry, of course.
1: Gareth, uh, I think we crammed in as much as we could (laughs) into the hour, as we always do. Um, If we've missed anything, we apologise. We've only got an hour. Tell talk sport to pay us a bit more. and We're gone for ninety minutes, but um, it's been fun as always, and I'm sure we're going to catch up next week and talk about loads more boxing.